Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk About Sleep Baby podcast, a podcast for tired and busy parents where we will share all of the tips, tricks and strategies to have your little one sleeping soundly again. I'm your host Ash Perry and the founder of Sleeps and Leaps Consulting and I can't wait to get stuck into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk About Sleep Baby podcast. I'm sorry it's been another few weeks between episodes. I definitely intended to be um, recording another episode much sooner than this. But anyway, here we are. We're finally back and we've had a busy few weeks, but we're back on deck and yeah, really looking forward to getting stuck into today's topic. So today is all about sleep regressions. So I think as a parent or even an expected parent, you would have been living under a rock if you hadn't heard the term sleep regression from all of your other mum friends that talk about this horrendous time of your little one suddenly waking after every sleep cycle. But I think we all know what sleep regressions are and some people might not be aware of roughly when they occur and that's what this today's episode is all about and how you can go about combating some of the difficult times that you might be expecting your little one's sleep to be suddenly going 10 steps backwards. So there are sort of five main sleep regressions that occur and I'll detail them all a little bit. Some of them are sort of bundled together because they're quite similar and how to go about working through them can be quite similar. But the main stages of um, sleep regressions that people experience are four months, eight months, 12 months, 18 months and two years. So most people have this awful vision in their mind about the four-month sleep regression, which is usually by far the worst. So the four-month sleep regression is a permanent change to your little one's sleep cycles. So from newborn sleep, from zero right up until around about four months, babies only have two phases of sleep. So they're sort of in a quiet sleep and a light sleep, and they kind of dip in and out of these two phases throughout the day. If you're lucky enough to have one of those babies that sleeps most of the day, which a lot of people do, but not everyone, um, they really only have these two phases of sleep. So then what happens at around about four months, and it can be anywhere from three to six, honestly, but most people, and on in a lot of cases, it will be like the flick of a switch at four months. The sleep cycles of your little one will permanently change. So they will follow more of a four phase cycle, very similar to us as adults. So they'll go through their rapid eye movement, REM sleep through the different phases or stages of non-REM sleep and back out into potentially awaking again and then into their cycles. So you might be familiar with a diagram that looks at babies or even adult sleep cycles and it kind of follows it dips down hits the bottom where baby's in a really deep sleep starts to come in through the lighter phases of sleep again up to the top where they may momentarily wake and then eventually we would like them to be able to link into the next cycle and continue their sleep so this is what the four month sleep regression is all about it is a permanent change it's like a neurodevelopmental change that all babies will go through at some stage this generally will not end on its own. So this can be a really perfect time to start thinking about the process of teaching your little one to fall asleep independently to combat what might be full wakings between sleep cycles. So 
everyone, even adults, momentarily rouse between sleep cycles and it sort of goes back to like the caveman days of where you would check your surrounds, make sure that everything's safe, everything's similar, and then you would go back off to sleep again. And most of the time, us as adults, we will do this in the middle of the night, but won't even realize that we're doing it. Everything's comfortable, so you drift back off into your deep phases of sleep again. So this is the same with a baby. So most babies to this point will be assisted to sleep to get them to sleep in the first place. So most babies are feeding to sleep, might be rocked to sleep, nursed to sleep, sung to sleep, whatever it is. They're assisted to sleep by their caregiver, mum or dad, to um, help them to get to sleep in the first place. And then again, when they go through these different sleep cycles, they'll momentarily rouse when they come out of their deep sleep into their lighter sleep. Something will be different because they suddenly don't recall where they suddenly are, whether that's in their bed or co-sleeping or whatever the arrangement is. But all they know is they went to sleep with the assistance of whether it's being breastfed or bottle fed or rocked. um, And they don't have that when they come out into the next sleep cycle. So they're looking for that same thing that got them to sleep in the first place. So that is why there can be a sudden shift what feels like overnight with your little ones sleep at four months. And it can be the perfect time to really start thinking about encouraging those really positive sleep habits. So looking at their sleep environment, things like darkness, um, they're starting to produce their own melatonin and not just rely on the melatonin that they received whilst in the womb at this point. So thinking about being exposed to daylight but having a dark room to sleep thinking about noise levels babies around this age will be so much more sensitive to noises and sounds around them so thinking about a white noise that consistent sound to help them get to sleep and stay asleep but it is the perfect time to start encouraging um baby to fall asleep on their own so that when they rouse between those sleep cycles they're not turning to you to get them back to sleep because that is all they know and it's that fight or flight response so the four month sleep regression generally won't go away on its own um, it requires quite a significant amount of amount of change um, and teaching your little one to fall asleep independently or self-settle is a skill that they must be taught not many babies do just learn this on their own. Um, There are so many different ways to go about doing this. And I, 99, probably 90% of the work that I do with parents is um, guiding parents and empowering parents to make this change and um, be using supportive approaches approaches and responsive approaches to teach their little one this um, this skill of self-settling. So four months is a huge time. It can be quite a significant regression. Um, and you will feel like it's just come out of the blue and they are, um, these are some of the things you can use to combat the four month sleep progression, the eight month sleep progression, and probably the rest of them to follow that I'll talk about is a bit more around development. So the four month sleep progression is a permanent change. There's, there's big steps that you need to take to sort of combat the four month sleep progression. Whereas everything else that follows will generally be a bit of a bump in the road that you might experience but can easily be combated with a little bit of consistency, putting in boundaries and things like that. So the eight-month sleep progression um, usually comes about due to huge developmental milestones. So whether that's rolling, crawling, sitting, 
just starting to be a lot more intentional with their little babbling, teething, all of those types of things, but especially the physical development. So the eight-month sleep regression is all about giving your child the um, opportunity to explore and use some of their new skills, whether that's crawling or rolling, heaps of time on the floor, um, so that they're not looking to use the cot as a way to you know, they realize they've suddenly got these amazing new skills and want to put them to use and they might decide to put them at use at, to use at nap times and bed times. So plenty of opportunity to roll around on the floor, use all of these new skills, um, use some of their energy, plenty of stimulation, all of those types of things. So the eight month sleep regression will generally be much shorter lived if you remain consistent with what you have been doing at bedtime. So don't suddenly reintroduce ways to fall asleep. So for example, a baby, as I spoke about around the four month sleep regression, a lot of parents might decide that it's time to start teaching their little one to self-settle. If your little one by eight months has been able to self-settle brilliantly, sleep amazing at nighttime and pretty good naps as well, don't suddenly see this bump in the road, which is the eight month regression, and then start reverting back into ways just to get your little one to fall back asleep. It's definitely tempting. Um, we all know that sometimes you think, okay, if I just feed them again at midnight, they don't normally feed at midnight, but if I just feed them again, it'll take 10 minutes and they'll be back asleep in no time. Absolutely, you have to do some things to survive sometimes, but just know that the regression in this case will pass, but what you might be left with is a whole new um, habit or something that you're left with that you later need to address. So try and remain consistent. Try and remember what your baby is capable of and that's unique to each individual baby, what they've been able to do sleep-wise up until the eight-month point and just try and be consistent. Try and resettle them. You definitely might need to provide a little bit more hands-on assistant during assistance during this time but try not to reintroduce ways of falling to sleep that you'll later need to address and try giving your little one heaps of opportunity to explore on the floor, have new experiences, time outside, change of scenery, all of those types of things. So that's generally the eight-month sleep regression. The 12-month sleep regression is quite similar, but the added complexity with the 12-month sleep regression can come from little ones showing signs that they might be dropping from two naps down to one. And what I would say about this is 12 months, some babies are absolutely ready to drop that usually morning nap and try and have a nice decent chunk of sleep at lunchtime. But try not to jump to dropping a nap too early. So sometimes what happens is a 12-month sleep progression again will be around development they'll probably they're probably getting lots more teeth at this time separation anxiety can start to become really prominent during this time babies are very aware that you're two separate beings and that you have the ability ability to be able to leave them and you might notice that you leave the room and they start crying and this could have been happening for quite a few months by the time 12 months rolls around but um Try not to jump straight to just dropping the morning nap unnecessarily. So 
whilst you may consider, you may experience difficulty in getting your little one to have that morning nap or both naps might be a real challenge. Don't just jump to dropping the morning nap straight away. So if you think that your little one might be looking to drop it, try and take a gradual approach. So maybe make that morning nap much shorter to begin with. And again, try and focus on the lunchtime nap rather than just removing it completely because it is quite a big jump for a baby to go from, say, awaking at seven, for example, having a nap around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, even if it's just been a half an hour nap. It's then a big jump to suddenly every single day go from waking at seven in the morning and not going to sleep until even on the earlier side around 11.30 or 12 o'clock lunchtime. So that's quite a big awake window and it's quite a sudden shift if you don't take a gradual approach first. So that's usually why a regression might be experienced around 12 months difficulty. They become overstimulated. It's difficult to get them down to sleep, but just try not to jump straight to dropping that nap if you can avoid it if they're absolutely like if you're getting basically no day sleep and you need to make that change just to get asleep in the first place by all means or reach out and I can talk you through some ways to combat this so that it's a a gradual approach but just don't jump to it in the first instance um next up we've got the 18 month sleep uh, sleep I was going to say sleep anxiety um 18 month sleep regression and this one will usually be based around separation anxiety so separation anxiety has really peaked at around 18 months and again like I said before you may see that these signs come out anywhere from nine months but it's really really um common for 18 months to be where separation anxiety is at its peak so The ways to work around this is to use the daytime and uh, use plenty of opportunity during the day to practice short spaces of separation. So whether this is little games of peekaboo, hide and seek in a really safe environment for your little one, practice safe short bursts of separation where your little one knows that you will always come back and start to have that trust that you will always come back to them. But what you will probably find, especially at nighttime, is as your little one's gotten older, around 18 months, they become very in tune with the fact that at nighttime in particular is a long stretch of time without you. So they may may start to really put um, the bedtime difficulties in, really battle bedtime. So start thinking about those boundaries and really important to have a nice positive um, wind down or bedtime routine. So babies, and we're getting into toddler territory here, really thrive on routine. Think about the routine of your baby, you know, sleep times, nap times, bedtimes, and also those activities that you do in the bedtime routine and their order that can really play a part for your little one in knowing that bedtime's coming and it not becoming a surprise to them. So um, the, the thing that's probably worst for babies at this age is when bedtime suddenly appears and they kind of have no warning. So things are a bit rushed. We all have those days by all means, but where possible, try and follow a similar pattern. It will really set your little one up going into toddler territory. Like I said, and we, we come up to the two-year-old regression shortly. It will really set them up for success in knowing what happens next, knowing that bedtime's coming, knowing that baby is going to be away from you for a period of time, along with those um, short, safe 
bursts of separation during the day. Another thing to keep in mind is some babies are starting daycare anytime from, you know, around 18 months, but plenty much earlier as well. But because we're talking about separation anxiety here, that may not have been as prominent in a baby that's, let's just say a baby started daycare at six months old. Obviously they're familiar with the routine by the time they get to 18 months, but suddenly somewhere between 12 and 18 months, you might notice that Bubs is much more clingy being dropped off at daycare or dropped off at the grandparents' house or whatever your care arrangements are. But please avoid leaving unannounced. So make a point of saying goodbye to your baby. And this might be a consistent line that you use, like whether it's goodbye, mummy will always be back or mum will be back for you later. And that can be the same for bedtime as well. Again, babies really thrive on routine and knowing what's happening next. But the last thing that you want to do for a baby that is going through a particularly hard time with um, separation anxiety is to leave unannounced. So to just take off because obviously they are going to notice and they are going to become very upset when they do realize that you're gone. So try and think about some little phrases that you might be able to implement for drop-offs, you know, um, daycare, grandparents, bedtime that will just prepare your baby for um, for a time of separation and can really work to work in their favor. And the last one is the two-year-old sleep regression. And this And by all means, I'll come back to what different people experience in a moment, but not all of these are huge um, deals that everyone goes through and has huge difficulty with. Like definitely the four month one is probably the main one, but some of these can happen in little short bursts and it's just a bump in the road and you hardly notice. But the two-year-old sleep regression, you've now got a toddler on your hands and they are the king and queen of the bedtime stall. So this is when you really need to start thinking about setting boundaries, having that really positive bedtime routine. They definitely know that they're away from you for an extended period by this time but um having a sequence of events that your toddler is now aware of what happens at bedtime books songs one-on-one cuddles bath feed you know a lot of babies have dropped a lot of milk feeds by this point but they might have just a little glass of or a little sippy cup of milk at bedtime whatever your bedtime routine looks like this is when it's really important to try and have some consistency for your two-year-old so you may need to um really get firm on those boundaries. I know our daughter, she was definitely the queen and can still be at three and a half queen of the bedtime stall. So she's suddenly so thirsty at 7pm and needs that last drink and that final book and um, check on the dog and make sure she's got all of her teddies. So all of these things. So boundaries are really important and this goes for two-year-olds just in general but especially at bedtime so try and um, be fair but firm I say and the, the power of one last whatever whether it's one last book or one last drink try and really stick to your guns with these it's very tempting sometimes to just be like oh it doesn't really matter just it doesn't matter if she has one book or five books but you have to draw the line somewhere so if you say okay you can choose one last book mean it and stick to it don't then give another one and give another one because then there's no boundaries they're really turning to you for that boundary setting and seeing what they can get away with so you're you're doing yourself a favor if you can stick to the one last whatever and actually stick to it but the other thing around the two-year-old um 
the two-year sleep progression is you might just need to make an adjustment to their routine. So you might suddenly, and it might feel overnight again, that your little one just will not go down to bed at bedtime. Bedtime's always been 7 p.m. and they've gone down brilliantly. Suddenly they will not go down. What you might need to think about is just making a tweak to their day routine. So I would, in most occasions, I would really hope that your little one still has plenty of time having a day nap of some description by two years old. So what you might need to do is just start reducing it though. If bedtime is becoming a real battle and they're laying in bed for God knows how long before they go to sleep, try just by reducing their daytime nap by 15 minutes even. So some babies to this point are still having a two, two and a half hour nap and their bedtime has been unaffected. But when bedtime does start to become affected, just try reducing that daytime nap a little bit and see if that impacts bedtime and even the timing of the day. So some babies might have been sleeping from one to three and then bed at seven, but all of a sudden that's not enough of an awake window between sorry one to three nap time and then bed at seven but three to seven might suddenly not be long enough of an awake window for your two-year-old so you might start to try and pull that nap back earlier in the day to be closer to say midday or 12 30 and finishing at like 2 p.m so that they've just got that little bit more sleep pressure ready for the seven o'clock bedtime rather than pushing bedtime out which obviously we need our downtime as parents at night time so trying to stick to a reasonable bedtime is usually um a recommendation that I make and make the tweaks elsewhere. So shorten the nap a little bit and maybe bring it that little bit earlier. Um, And the other thing that can happen around two years old is that those two-year-old molars can start to um, come through and cause them a little bit of grief, which, yeah, can make a bit of a difficult time. And especially at night time, if their gums are aching a little bit, it will usually become a little bit heightened at night time. So just keeping that in mind as well. So they are sort of the five main regressions and, and ways to combat the different stages of what you might go through. But what I would say is just stay strong, try and stay consistent. Um, if you know what your little one's able to is capable of achieving with their sleep overnight, like suddenly if at eight months they've been sleeping most of the night and they wake up too early, try not to jump back to say feeding to sleep or providing heaps of hands-on assistance to sleep. Don't be afraid to give them a little bit of space to fall back asleep if you know that they're capable of self-settling. If you're at the four-month stage, it's a really good time to start thinking about ways to teach your little one to self-settle and learning this skill. Um, It will really save you down the track as well. But don't be afraid of what might lie ahead, like I sort of touched on before. Not everyone experiences this this huge 10 steps back in their little one's sleep with each regression that comes. Some babies just cruise through and you might notice a tiny little bump in the road, a couple of rough nights, and then they're back on track. Um, Don't be afraid of what might lie ahead just ride each wave and like I said try and remain consistent um, where possible and you'll have a much better time throughout the regressions and they'll usually be much shorter and they will pass much quicker but as always guys my dms are always open if you have any questions or have a particular topic that you would like me to talk about on the next podcast I'd love to hear from you you can find me at sleeps and leaps um, on instagram and facebook always around for a chat um, and would absolutely love to hear from you but thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you so much for joining me on today's episode i really hope you got a lot of strategies to take away and apply to your little one as always we're always open for a chat so please find us on facebook or instagram at sleeps and leaps bye for now